When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Standing on the North Bank podcast from Wales Online. My name is Matt Southgoom and today I'm joined by football writers Andrew Gwillam and Josh Kilminster. Good afternoon chaps. Good afternoon, Eddie. Right then, let's get straight into it. West Brom Swans, one all. Um, given the context of the performance and it feels like a good point in the end. Yeah, I think going into the weekend you would have probably thought oh, that's a game at Swansea could really do with winning and I, I think there's still be a bit of disappointment that they've come away with one point rather than three but I mean you touched on it there you know clearly a long way below what they're what they're capable of um, and when you have days like that coming away with anything is, is a bit of a bonus you know um, and the results elsewhere went for them which I think is it's a big thing you don't you don't really want to be relying on other people to do it for you you know you do need to take care of your own business at the end of the day but you know that gap is now four points, and you know Swansea got a home game coming up against an Everton side with a very poor away record, and four of their last six at home. So very much in their own hands, and you know just hope uh, hope they can finish the job off. Josh, what does it what does a draw do for you? Yeah, I think well, I think it was the case that quite a lot of Swans fans perhaps underestimated West Brom given the situation with the ads. Obviously, Pardew's been sacked, so that was always going to give them a boost. Our away record is just as bad as Everton's, <laughs> and the, so a point as much as it looks bad in terms of yes, it's West Brom. They're seven points clear at the bottom of the league. I thought a point's not too bad. I'll take a point any day. Having having said that, it's nice to be able to take a positive spin on on the result. It, it is a game that, that Carlos Carvajal will have looked at and thought this should really be three points and it would have been three points as you've touched on that would have just extended that yeah. gap and made things a little bit more comfortable so is there, is there going to be a sense of frustration from his point of view as well I know given the way it went in the end it was a good point but beforehand it will have been a game that will have had a little star next to it for in terms of targeting it yeah and I think one of the one of the things that's been quite important in the revival under Carvajal is that when the chips have been down, more often than not, since he's been there, Swansea have delivered. You know, you think of the home games against, you know, Burnley, West Ham, you know, even games like Arsenal, if you like. His first game at Watford, away at Leicester, away at Newcastle. They have tended to find ways to get results. But I mean, I, I personally, I just think since that West Ham game, you know, just well, well, that's over a month ago now, I think, which is a real high watermark. That's probably as well as Swansea have played in quite some time. They have just dropped off a little bit. You know, I think the international break probably came at a time when they would maybe rather it didn't because they had some momentum, you know, and then there's rather poor performance against Spurs in the Cup. And they've not quite got back to that level since. And, you know, I know, you know you're not going to go mad about them having a little bit of a, a wobble, if you like, but clearly with four, four of the six at home, they've got a good, a good record home. Like it's four in a row in the Premier League. They've won... You have to take these opportunities. For the most part, since Carvalho's been here, they've, they've done that. The key is, it's crunch time now. Mm. Can they keep doing it? Because, you know, Stoke and Southampton, 
you know, they are on bad runs. They've had some difficult fixtures, but we know over the closing stages of a season, some very strange things can yeah. could start to happen. You know, some sides can almost be on the beach, is the phrase, isn't it? And have nothing to play for. But Swan, it, the good thing for Swansea is it's still very much within their own control. And I think to put it in a wider context, if you think of where they were when they lost at Anfield just before Carvajal was appointed, if you'd have said Swansea'd be coming down the stretch. Six to go, four games at home, and it's all on, it's on them. It's they're not relying on anyone else. Mm. I think you probably take that even as disappointing as you know yeah. the performance was on the weekend. Yeah, uh, Andrew, used, Josh, Andrew used the phrase here that um, in terms of these chances now, as we come to the, the business end of the season, uh, you've got to start taking those. From that point of view, is there a slight concern that that game is passing by? I think obviously the West Brom game. The most frustrating thing for me was that you've got we've got Man City, Man City and Chelsea coming up pretty soon. Mm. Had we won against West Brom, that would have put us six points clear, mm. and those are six points where we're not going to we're unlikely to pick those up against Man City. We're not going to pick them up against Chelsea. Mm. Well, you never know. West Ham got a good point there yesterday, but yeah, I think it's frustrating because that was definitely of all the games we've got coming up. Obviously, the last. The last couple of weeks of the season when we got Southampton still mm. goal in the space of a week, that's going to be a huge, huge week. But at the moment, like Andrew said, it's still in our hands. So considering where we were Christmas Day, you can't really complain. Yeah. I think the, the point to make there as well is that if you look at Swansea's goal difference compared to the majority of the sides below them, they are better off. So, you know, had, had they won six points plus effectively an additional point, for your goal difference, you know, it started. It would have looked very, very healthy, wouldn't it? Whereas there is still now that little bit of uncertainty, maybe there's a little bit of nerves still lingering there. Yeah, you touched on it, Josh, as well. Uh, would you almost have preferred that um, Pardy was still in charge for one oh, more definitely. game? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. When I saw, he was, I, I was saying to Andrew the other day, it was typical that he was sacked just before us. It's just yeah. our luck. Absolutely <laughs> typical. Uh, but these, when you get new men in charge, and and, and obviously down what popular figure at West yeah, Brom, yeah. Um, it's just had that galvanising effect, and and it's just come at the wrong time for Swansea. Yeah, and, yeah, I suppose it did. Yeah, I mean, clearly the new manager bounce doesn't come to everyone. If you look at <laughs> if you look at Pardew's record there, but like you're right there, Matt Darren Moore, you know, a great servant for that football club, very passionate about that football club, and I think from. The moment that he was announced that he was going to step in, you did think home game on Saturday. You know, I know the situation was pretty hopeless, but there was always probably going to be some sort of reaction. I think the disappointment is that Swansea, I'm not saying one prepared for it, but maybe appeared a little bit taken aback uh, by by West Brom's performance. Which you know, you, you've you've got to prepare to face your opponent at their best, yeah. haven't you? And uh, I, I don't know if Swansea was a little bit of complacency, maybe. Um, you know, certainly as an attacking threat, they 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 barely featured really. You know, they penned in their half for quite a long time, which you know, again against a side who are struggling and low on confidence is a disappointment. But yeah. it, this this is one of those things where you just say, okay, well, that's a point in the bag. There's no damage done with other results, and you, and you you move on and you learn to fight to get live to fight again. Speaking of confidence, Josh, uh, Tammy Abraham bagged his first goal since mid October. Um, We'll come on to the attacking conundrum later on, but purely from his point of view and from a confidence point of view, it's good to see him scoring again. Yeah, definitely. It's a great goal for him, but I think it might have come just a bit too late with him, with Jordan Ayew coming back next mm. week. I don't think I don't think he gets in the team on over Jordan Ayew. I think Jordan Ayew comes straight back in. Yeah. 
But yeah, it's a great, great to see him get a goal because he does work hard and he has had a lot of critics since he's been here. I don't think he's been that bad. Mm. I don't think he's been given as much of a chance. Obviously, there's the English aspect of it where he done so well at Bristol City last year. The media hype him up because he's a young English striker, as all young English strikers mm. are hyped up. Mm. I think I, he's, he's definitely ready to play Premier League football. I don't think there's any question about that. But yeah, it's great to see him get a goal. Good, it'd be good, good for his confidence at the very least. And how do you think the uh, the attacking makeup is going to begin to look now? Then obviously, as Josh said, Jordan Ayew coming back now. Um, come on to Andre Ayew shortly. Missed a missed a chance um, in the first half at West Brom. Obviously, Abraham getting a goal now. How how do you see this this attacking line developing in the, in the closing stages? I mean, I, I pretty much agree with what a lot of what Josh said there. Really, I think I think in fits and starts, we've seen what Tommy Abraham can offer. I don't think we've seen it consistently enough and I think he has had days where his hold-up play and in terms of how he links with the other players in that side is not quite at the level it should be. Um, and, I, you know, I, and I do get a, I do sometimes get a feeling with Tam, you know, he's quite an, emo- quite an emotional character on the field and uh, you sometimes get a feel a, bit, that's a little bit of that's for show almost. You know, he, want, he wants people to see that he's working hard and he wants people to know that he cares about it. And I don't yeah. think anyone doubts that he does, but it's it's just not quite happened for him over the course of the season. And like Josh, I mean, Jordan he has been Swansea's best player, certainly since Carvajal has come in, offers a, a real goal threat, has been score, you know, scoring a decent number of goals, chipping in and... Setting up by the promising positions, you know, I think he has he's got to come back into that side, and you know, I've got no doubt, I've no doubt he will. And the question then becomes, does he, you know, do you still play Tammy as the centre forward if you like, and Jordan are you plays maybe off him, yeah. or do you, know, do you play the two AU brothers together, having played so well together against West Ham, and and where does Nathan Dyer fit into this? You know, Nathan started really well and. Uh, Carlos, but I think you know his form has noticeably dipped over the last month or so. So there's a there's a few little questions to be answered there. Yeah, Josh, we touched on Andre Ayew there. Um, obviously, missed a big chance uh, in the first half of the Hawthorns. Uh, hasn't scored yet in six games since arriving. At, at what point, um, as as with all attacking players, if you don't get goals quickly, they begin to become questions asked. When when do you get concerned about his form? Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's easy to get wrapped up in numbers in terms of how many games he's had. You think one of those games was against Tottenham in the FA Cup. One of them was away at Man United. Was I think he played in the Huddersfield game yeah, when we were yeah. down to ten men. Yeah. So immediately write those three games off, and you say he hasn't got a goal in three games. He's missed a few chances, but at the same time his work rate is more than made up for that. Yeah. Against West Ham, he was probably the standout player. I think I think he's done really well since he's come back in, and it's only a matter of time before he gets a goal. Yeah, are you concerned about the goals, or, or do you agree with Josh? No, I'd agree with Josh. But yeah. I think I, the thing that I've quite liked about him is that you know, I mean, during the, the January window, there was an awful lot of talk going back and forth about whether he really wanted to join Swansea. Yeah. You know, there was there was a lot of a lot of briefing going on that you know, he, you know, he didn't really want to come back to Swansea. You know, he didn't really didn't want to play with his brother. He'd rather have gone and played like did France in Marseille. And you know, but you look at him on a Saturday afternoon when he pulls on the shirt and he goes out there. You know, you can't deny that he's giving he's giving everything he's got to the cause. He's not he's not playing like a man who didn't fancy being at Swansea. You know, he's playing like someone who desperately wants to help keep the club in the top flight. You know, I mean, I thought I thought at Old Trafford with absolutely no service, 
I thought he did really, really well. And, you know, he, he does link play quite nicely. He can drop a bit deeper. He reads the game well. Like, you notice when Sam Klukas likes to get forward. And if he goes beyond him, he's quite disciplined. He understands he's got to drop in and fill in the gap. And, um, yeah, th- goals will come. You know, I think he will He will score goals. He was, you know, he was unlucky against West Ham on a couple of occasions. It's just about having the right connection up there with him and I, I personally feel after the way they played against West Ham I I would put the two brothers as Swansea's two most advanced players this weekend you know I think they they work with each other well as you as you would expect of siblings they've got a pretty good understanding of what <laughs> yeah. each other are doing and, and the thing is they're lively and they're mobile which is a big thing you know, I think for Carlos Carval that's quite a big thing yeah. it was noticeable when he came in that Wilfred Bourne he was maybe a bit more of a Slightly more static, a bit more back to goal, hold up place at a striker. Yeah. Didn't have much of a look in. You know, he, he wants people who will keep running the channels and keep stretching opposition defences. Yeah. So, well, the West Brom goal and Josh uh, shouts for handball in the build up to uh, seem to hit uh, Livermore on the arm, but possibly a bit harsh if that had been given. It's just one of those things, I think, in it. I think we've had plenty of decisions go against us but we've had decisions go for us at the same time yeah. I think it's one of those things where until you get VAR, VAR coming in and checking every single decision you got to accept that you're going to get those given against you yeah. and I'm sure if that was given for us for a 2-1 win at West Brom I'm sure we wouldn't be complaining about that yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> I suppose the argument is still that they should have defended the cross a bit better when it yeah, came in exactly, Rondon yeah. had a lot of space and two of them unmarked at the back as yeah, well yeah I think We've been fairly solid defensively since Carlos has come in. I thought I was disappointed when Van der Holm went off at half time. Mm. I thought that was a perfect opportunity to bring on someone like Key to you know better control the midfield. But I was disappointed to see Bartley come on. Mm. And would you uh, would you agree that that uh, that should have been defended better as opposed to moaning about the uh, the arm? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I look at the replay. And the the thing that stands out when you look at the replay is that. Uh, I think Federico, Federico Fernandez is one player. There's, there's another player with him, and they're both coming out to the six-yard box, mm. you know, appealing to the referee for him to give the handball. Hand yeah. And you can sort of see that once they realise he's not going to give it, yeah. they're, they're then having to backpedal towards their own six-yard box. And I, I just don't know in that moment whether they'd quite reorganised themselves, having got a bit caught up maybe in the in the emotion of it. And as you say, you know, two guys creeping in around the back post. Kyle Bartley doesn't react particularly quickly to that to that flick on and um you know and they put it in. I mean on the handball, I mean I, the interesting thing there I think is the question I would ask is if if that had been instead of a West Brom player against a West Brom player, mm. would you have given a penalty for that if it had been a West Brom player against a Swansea player? And I don't think I don't think you would have. I, I, I thought he was too close to be able to react, so you know that's Okay, then no no uh, qualms with that. Then uh, I feel like we could sit on this podcast every week and eulogise about Fabianski. But Josh, he came up with some big saves in the first half. Um, West Brom didn't have many shots on target, but there's one one instance that stands out: a, a volley from Rodriguez uh, that he tipped over the bar, uh, volley from inside the box. Um, how crucial is he going to be to this running and in the bigger picture, Swansea's survival? No, I think without a doubt, I think if it wasn't for him, we would be firmly in the relegation zone. I'd, I'd actually like to see how many points he's saved us this season, but yeah, he's going to be he's going to be important, and I, I, he's one of those players that I can't see him leaving in the summer. I can't see him go into a bigger club. Mm. If we went down, he'd certainly get a move, but if we stay up, him and obviously Alfie Mawson's going to be 
the clubs are going to be keen on him yeah. in the summer. But yeah, coming into this run at the end of the season now, Fabianski is going to be huge, absolutely huge. And can you overstate uh, his importance to the next uh, few weeks? No, I, I don't think he can. Uh, I just think you would look you would look at his stats and you would go, you know, I, I think Swansea have shipped is it like forty five goals, forty six goals, and he's made over a hundred saves. Yeah, and you'd sort of say, well, what's so great about that? But if you watch him. The saves and he, he does make yeah. the saves. He d- yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you know his authority in the air. He's such a commanding presence. Which Swansea never really had. You know, it's been a while since Swansea have had a real tall, authoritative keeper to come out, you know, push defenders, attackers out the way, and come and claim the high ball. He's got real authority. You know, some of his footwork isn't always that nifty when he's using the ball out from the back. But I mean, he, you know, he saves Swansea so many yeah. more points than he that he would ever cost them. You know, yeah. and clearly. You're gonna, you know, goal difference could still be important in all of this. So yeah, yeah absolutely, he's got a, he's got a massive role to play, and I think the big, you know, one of the big things this summer. I think I'm right in saying he's got a, he's got a year left. Yeah, I think he's got. I another think I'm year right left, in saying. Yeah. So I mean, if Swansea stay up, you would imagine that one of the first bits of business is going to be mm. sitting him down and talking about extending his time because he's been for a free transfer as well. Yeah, he's been a fantastic acquisition for them. Let's uh, throw it ahead then to uh, to the Everton game, Josh. Uh, in different form in recent weeks, I think it's fair to say. Some would argue that they don't quite pose the threat that they have done in years gone by. Um, how do you look at this one? I think, obviously, because it's um, at the Liberty Stadium, so that's a huge advantage for us. We've been so much better at home than we have been away for a long time now. That's gone back over a season now. Our away form hasn't been great. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's you know, dropping. I'd say dropping two points. I think it was more a point gained at West Brom. But yeah. now we have to target this. Like I said, with Chelsea and Man City after that, this has to be a point a game where we target at least a point. Yeah. Would anything less than that be a bit of a disaster? Not disaster. I think it's. I'm not sure we're in the realms of disasters yet, but it no. would be a, a bit of a blow, wouldn't it? It would just because again I look at. What Stoke and Southampton have got this weekend? I think I'm right in saying Southampton have got Chelsea. Yeah. Stoke have got to go to West Ham. Okay. You know, quite easily two games those sides could lose. Yeah. And then if Swansea can win, you're talking about seven points. And you know, I, I, I think back to last season as well. You know, there was a very important Everton game at this stage of last season where Swan, you know, the chips were down for Swansea. You know, Hull had lost at Sunderland. It was their opportunity and they took it. And and this this to me this weekend feels pivotal not so much as in will Swansea stay up or will they go down but as in are we going to be able to say maybe with a week to go that Swansea will be safe or are we going to be biting our fingernails (laughs) you know all the way down the final stretch I kind of feel like this weekend is going to decide whether I'm not going to say be comfortable but you might go into that final week knowing it's either done or it's as good as done Mm. If it goes wrong this weekend, you know, everyone's going to be peering out from behind their sofa or looking through their fingers, you know. So uh, I think I think it's a very important weekend in yeah. in that sense against an Everton side who I think uh, this may be a bit harsh, but I I think just want to see the season out. It's mm. been a it's been a disaster for them, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, all that money spent and. You know, it looks like they're going to have to have a major overhaul in the summer. So I think Allardyce has made it clear from about three months ago he's just waiting to see the season out to be honest I don't think he's made any sort of intentions yeah. to finish anything higher than mid-table I think he was he, he, I think he said a few months ago he said oh we've got to aim for 40 points well 
Yeah. As a sort of that firefight, firefighter role he's done there, I think Everton as a club are well beyond that. Allardyce has done well to get them where they are, but yeah. I don't. It comes out of desperation as well, doesn't it? You know, of the two sides on the weekend, who should theoretically be the more desperate for a result? What, what are what are Everton playing for? Yeah. Can't get into Europe. They're not going to go down. Swansea, you know, Swansea have got it all to play for in front of, you know, I'm sure there'll be a, a great atmosphere at the Liberty, as there was for this fixture last season, and, had, and as there has been in the last few home games. With, with that in mind, now, without wishing to slip into cliches and things, you talk about uh, things like 50-50s, and let's say Swansea, gets, if Swansea start fast, early chances, early goal perhaps, that could go a long way to securing a result and not making it easy but making it a far more comfortable afternoon because like you said well, it, it won't take much for, for Everton be, to become disinterested perhaps and, and a fast start from Swansea may go a long way to, to making it a, a bit of a, an easier yeah. afternoon than it might be Yeah I'd agree with that and I think one of the one of the quibbles you would maybe have with Swansea and uh, Carvajal and to be fair it's not exclusive to him since he's come in Swansea have been a bit this way for quite a while now, but they do tend to start games quite slowly. Yeah. You know, that West Ham performance was, no, it was noticeable how different it was because of how much purpose they came out with. They've tended to sort of, particularly away from home, they've tended to almost sort of just set up their stall for the first 20, 25 minutes and yeah. try and have a foothold in the game and grow out from there. And, and you know, they have tended to get stronger in games. But I think the onus is on them, mm. is on them this weekend. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a chance to be seized front of your own fans you know as I said, said the atmosphere has been great you know not, the Liberty wasn't an easy place for Swansea to play over the first half of the season by any stretch yeah. but now you know there's no doubt that everyone in there is, is fully behind that team mm. they're not they're, they're not wanting for any backing you know hopefully great atmosphere as you say start on the front foot put the pressure on and hopefully it all builds from there mm. uh, Josh, two former Swans, unlikely. Uh, I think it's fair to say. Well, Sigurdsson's out with a knee injury. Ashley Williams is out of favour. How do you feel about not seeing them at the Liberty Stadium? Obviously, two players who were very much loved during their time here. Um, sometimes it's nice for fans to see old players come back and, and perform, but doesn't look like they're going to get that on this occasion. Is that something that you feel or have any feelings about? I'm. I'm glad Sigurdsson's not playing as much as I'm. I'm gutted for. I'm gutted for him because he's he, he was starting to get in some good form ahead of the World Cup. Yeah. But I'm glad he's not playing because he could have made a real difference. Yeah. You saw the way we handled Christian Eriksson, and mm. Sigurdsson is a sort of similar player to Eriksson yeah. in the way he plays. I think that could have gone down. That that wouldn't have been, you know, that wouldn't be too great for us. Williams. Quite on the other hand, I I, I hope Williams plays <laughs> because <laughs> since he's left us, he's been. He's been atrocious, but he's yeah. been, he wasn't even that great for Wales when he played for Wales the other day. Yeah. But yeah, I can't see Williams playing. And yeah. also, like you said, Sigurdsson's injured, so I doubt we'll be seeing either of them. Yeah, with somebody like Sigurdsson, well, it's, it's a bit bittersweet, isn't it? Because, as Josh alluded to, he's such a dangerous player, and, it, and you just know that he could come up with something at the wrong time, and it would just be heartbreaking to see it from a Swansea point of view just look at the reverse fixture yeah absolutely you know again the Swansea were well in yeah and you know I produced a moment of absolute magic you know and yeah so from from that point of view you'd definitely (laughs) rather not not see it there yeah I think and the other thing to remember of course is that the whole Sigerson saga yeah that really caused Swansea so many problems Mm. last summer you know it really kind of it stopped them in their tracks 
yeah. completely. And you could argue that the after effects of that sequence of events are sort of played out to where Swansea are. Swansea are now. So yeah. I, I think um, I think Swansea fans would be glad not to be reminded of <laughs> that. And and also obviously the the caliber of their player they're missing. And mm. you know and with with Ashley, you know it 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 does sort of appear that a, a career of playing week in week out through all the bangs and the knocks and the ups and the downs is maybe just you know caught up with him mm. a little bit particularly this season yeah um you know i think at the time he left swansea and alfie mawson came in you know i, I think i think even us in this room would say you know he thought oh, i'm not yeah, sure how, yeah. not sure how that's going to work yeah. out and you know if you looked at it now you would argue that well got the, the right decision the right decision got made really so yeah. um but it is it is sad to see him struggling. You know, he yeah. he served Swansea. You know, his eight seasons. Yeah. You know, climbing up Championship, Premier League, you know, European football, and and his efforts with Wales. And I think the, the the great thing about Ashley is that whatever level he stepped up to, he was able to get himself to that level. That's yeah. not an easy thing to do. Um, you know, hope, you know, hopefully he'll have some sort of resurgence at some point. But. Mm. You know, I, I I just think within all the criticism that he get that he is getting, and, and it is deserved. He's not playing well. Yeah. You've also got to remember, I think the overall picture we are talking about. You know, a guy who's been a great servant for Swansea and for Welsh football. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have to remember he was a he was a good signing for Everton at the time where they were yeah. spending a lot of money. Yeah. And I remember just how gutted I was when he left, and I remember seeing just how delighted the Everton fans were when he joined. Mm. I think you you compare that to now. And I think Everton fans would gladly get rid of him, mm. but I, and I don't think I'd have him back. <laughs> That's funny how things turn in football. It is. Like that, isn't yeah. it? Um, you, you've, Andrew, you've done a, a piece uh, that will be on Wales Online today, um, looking at the relegation scrap and getting off the fence and, and giving your <laughs> oh, view yeah. on how things yeah. are going to go. Um, without getting into the nitty gritty, how do you feel about the relegation battle and where Swansea are going into the final sort of six or six games of the season. Yeah, I'd be waiting for all the fans to be pointing at me when uh, <laughs> those predictions and those yeah. results still come in. Um, yeah. I st- I still feel reasonably confident mm-hmm. Swansea will stay up. Yeah. Um, and look, to be honest, that isn't that isn't just based on the fact that I think Swansea are excellent or they're too good to go down or anything like that. I, I think. I think it's also partly the failings of some of the sides around them. Yeah. You know, I mean, clearly West Brom are, are done, but you know, you look at Southampton's running; it's not it's not particularly easy. Stoke have got even more work to do, and I, I just I just feel Swansea have got an easier run in than those two sides. And you know, if they take you know, that's all you got to do is have three sides below you, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. and, and if Swansea can take care of business at home, yeah, I don't think Southampton and Stoke. We'll catch them, yeah. you know. I, I may be proved wrong and be <laughs> shot down in flames, but I, I, I just kind of feel that. That's why I was talking earlier about how important this weekend is. Yeah. I really think that a Swansea win Saturday and defeats for the other two, seven point gap, superior goal difference. I, I just feel it to be within touching distance. Yeah. Uh, that's the opportunity that's there for them this yeah. weekend. Do you share similar optimism, Josh? Yeah, definitely. I think with Southampton particularly, you think the way they lost that match against Arsenal mm. on the weekend, that'll be a huge, huge blow to them because I dread to think what would happen if they'd beaten Arsenal because yeah, obviously yeah. beating Arsenal at any stage of the season is a big result. Mm. But the state Southampton are in, if they'd beaten Arsenal, that would have done their confidence, confidence a world of good. But yeah. as it happened, it's done the complete opposite. Yeah. 
because both those sides, Stoke and Southampton, in fairness to Lambert and to Hughes after yesterday, you can see little signs that they are they are improving, but they're not getting any reward for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I'm thinking of Stoke. You know, Stoke missed a last minute penalty against Brighton. I know this is going back a bit. You know, Jack Butland sort of threw one in from across <laughs> against Leicester, oh, yeah, and yeah. you know, you add in all those things, and you just think, well. They're getting better, and you can you can tell they're performing better. But when you're not getting a tangible result for it, you start to wonder: Well, is our number up? Yeah, is our number yeah, up yeah. this year? Exactly. Um, just quickly, then, and what's the latest on Carver Hall? I know he's been very um, reluctant to speak about it until they are mathematically safe. Are we kind of where we were a fortnight ago? I guess pretty much. Really, yeah. You know, I think. I think there is a desire on both sides that he remain in charge yeah. next season, regardless of what division Swansea are in. You know, one of the reasons he was appointed was that if they went down, you had a guy there with two and a half years' experience in the championship, yeah. and in two of those years, he'd had Sheffield Wednesday as you know promotion contenders, and you know they were within ninety minutes of the Premier League, and they lost to Hull. And then obviously, if he keeps them up. Well, you say, well, has he hasn't he earned the right it, yeah. to have to have another crack at it? So, you know, I think I also think there's a sign that he could do more. You know, I, I just think that West Ham performance and a couple of other bits like that. You think if he was given the opportunity to really put his own stamp on it, yeah. And look, and this summer is going to be big for Swansea, regardless of what division they're in. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I think he I think he bought quite a bit of clarity. In January, in yeah. terms of saying that there were some deals he just wasn't interested in, you know that that's not going to make a difference. I only want something that's going to make a difference. And mm. you know, I think given how mixed recruitment has been, I think someone with that sort of clarity would be a benefit, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, look, I'm, I'm sure the club are still having a little glance around just just to see what might be available. But you know, particularly if he keeps them up, yeah. it'd be it'd be particularly mean-spirited move really, wouldn't it to say you know thanks for all that but uh, all someone else can take it from you yeah. <laughs> someone else can take it from you so you know, the initial discussions have been very positive but I think in terms of an announcement or a, a final decision we'll, we'll be waiting until everyone knows exactly what the score is for mm. next season alright then before we finish Josh can I get a prediction uh, for the weekend from yourself oh, put me on the spot here um, three one swans Big three, three one. one Andrew, I'm going for a slender one nil home win. One nil home win. There you have it. Then whatever happens, um, we're going to have the build up to that game, uh, including Carlos Carvajal's press conference, and of course, live updates from the match at the Liberty Stadium and all the reaction on Wales Online.